Hey everybody, it's Joanna. Look, I'm not perfect, alright? Some things, um, some things I'm not good at. I'm not very good at putting what I think into words. Unless I'm writing, like, creative writing. Or writing in general, really. Not very good at putting what I, what what is in my mind into words, unless I'm writing. But um, <clears throat> I'm gonna do my best to uh, to explain to you guys. What exactly happens on the street to people like me? <laughs> um, one of the most common things is uh, well, as a broad term, unacceptance. People don't, um, people are afraid of what they don't understand, and nobody likes what they're afraid of. So people don't like what they don't understand. And so when somebody doesn't understand why I choose to be, um, I choose to identify as a woman it scares them and so they don't like it. There are some people who have been extremely, extremely rude to me. Um, now, no names are said on, on this podcast other than my own, Joanna Smith. And if I have, like, a guest with me, but, like, I'm not going to say any names of the people um, who don't know that I'm doing this or, like, really, like, I'm not going to point them out, all right? But a few good examples of um, the events that happened are maybe like I was walking I would be walking down the street and somebody would yell out that I was wearing women's clothes I mean I know I know I'm wearing women's clothes I identify as a woman Um, another good example would be like I walk by and somebody's like um, holy shit are you a fucking are, are you a man or are you a fucking bitch and like I identify as a woman because I'm going to 
fully transitioned, but my personal identity is non-binary. My personal identity is non-binary. So my response was, I'm non-binary, sir, which means I'm not a man or a bitch. I don't think he liked that much. Honestly. Like, um... I've been assaulted. Both physically... Uh, both sexually and non-sexually. Um, I've been threatened. Like, my life has been threatened. You know, and like it's just ridiculous how much people hate me just because of my gender identity. And there are a few exceptions to the rule that people don't like what they don't understand. For example, I don't like people like that. I understand them. I know why they don't like me. They, they think that everybody should stay that they're assigned at birth gender. But, I mean, why? Why? Why would anybody do that? If, if somebody said that they felt like, <clears throat> they felt like a fighter jet, I wouldn't say, uh, you go boy. I wouldn't say that. I would say, Awesome. If you feel like a fighter jet, then you're a fucking fighter fighter jet. Like at that point I'm going to ask you what your pronouns are. You know, because like fighter jets don't necessarily have pronouns. But like I mean, other than it, and like, now that's, that's something I don't necessarily understand, but I respect it when people prefer to be, um, to use the pronouns it, like, I, I don't necessarily understand that, but I respect it, because that's their choice. If we get rid of all the choice in the world... Does anybody know what that world is going to look like? All of the creativity will be gone. Everything will look exactly the same. There's no art in that.
no sparks. All of the all of the goodness in the world, all of the fun and happiness will be gone. Because somebody didn't want you to be able to choose. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's I don't think that's right. Like Everybody has the choice between right and wrong. And then there are those choices that are gray area. I'm not saying those choices show up in every single decision because they don't. But there are those choices that are gray area. Like, um, let's say you're choosing between pink and blue wallpaper for a new baby's room. That's fucking gray area, all right? That's not right, that's not wrong, it's gray area. If you're having a boy, choose either color. It doesn't fucking matter. If you're having a girl, choose either color. It doesn't fucking matter. If you're having a baby of any fucking gender, because I'm not gonna say either gender, because there's not just two fucking genders, but if you're having a baby of any fucking gender, Choose whatever the fuck color you want. You know why? Because that's your choice. The baby doesn't get to just get to choose the wallpaper because the baby doesn't know what what the fuck he's. Uh, the baby doesn't know what the fuck pronouns is choosing, is our choosing. Let me reiterate, the baby doesn't get to choose the wallpaper because, and only because, the baby doesn't know what he, she, it, they is our choosing. Alright? When they get old, when he, she, get, it, they get old enough... understand what the choice means at that moment every choice matters whether it's a choice between right and wrong or a choice between several gray area choices like the, the color of a fucking wallpaper the taste in their fucking music. Don't. And I can't stress this enough. Do not helicopter parent. Now, there are situations where I'm not going to say it's okay, but it is less than not okay. Like, uh, it's 
it's more than not okay. It's like a... It's, I'm not going to say it's okay, but it's not not okay. Alright? There are situations like that. Alright? If your child is going to a strange person's house, that uh, they met recently and you don't know, at that point, fuck it. Helicopter parent, all you want, you're protecting your child. That's fine. If the child uh, wants to get a new wallpaper or paint their room, ask them what color they want their room, all right? Ask them what color they want the room and then paint it with them. That, that's, that is, that right there is one of the best things you can do. It puts family time. It like, it associates family time with something that is very fun. Painting. Alright? So, when you associate family time with something that is fun, the child grows up and loves it. His, her, it's their family. Alright? So, um, I'm not going to tell you, let me change my my form, my earlier statement. I'm not going to tell you not to helicopter parent, but I will tell you don't helicopter parent all the time. All right? But that's not what what, what my what my um that's not what my podcast is about. All right. What is it like growing uh, living on the street as A trans person. Well, alright. Let me tell you something. It's not fun. I won't lie to you and tell you it's 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 a fucking breeze. It's amazing. I love it. No, I'm not gonna tell you that. You know why? Because that would be a lie. I don't fucking love it. Now I love some of the things about it but I hate being homeless. I hate being, what's the word I'm looking for? Uprooted. I hate it. It makes me extremely, extremely uncomfortable. But the last time it happened, I did it to myself. Why, you ask? Because it is my personal goal to keep one foot out of the comfort zone. And that was something that was really making me uncomfortable, you know? So as a human being, in order to grow, we have to 
we have to constantly keep at least one foot out of the comfort zone. Don't just stay where you're comfortable. Be adventurous. Be adventurous. Because... the end you won't regret anything if I died right now I wouldn't majorly regret anything I would regret some things kind of because like there are still some things that I haven't done alright but I mean Everybody's got their bucket list, and not everybody's going to finish it. But if you get started, then you're doing better than a lot of people. Alright? Now, here's the thing. This is, this is a personal belief. Um... Anybody who is old enough to understand the concept of uh, sexuality or anything like that like everybody should have a bucket list alright but everybody who is old enough to understand the concept of sexuality should have two bucket lists alright one bucket list for normal things like like skydiving or deep sea diving that kind of thing but the other bucket list will be a um <clears throat> An adult fun bucket list. <sighs> Write down everything you've ever like thought about doing. And keep it up. Keep on writing things down. Don't ever stop. Explore. If you don't explore, you will never find out. Alright? If you've never tried something, give it a fucking try. You know that old saying, don't knock until you try it? Yeah. At this point, I'm talking to anybody who is rude or mean to, uh, LGBT people if you haven't tried it go and try it if you're comfortable with it of course I'm not telling you to do something I mean actually if you want to do it even if you're uncomfortable with it if you want to do it find a person that you are comfortable with 
and confide in them. Now, you don't have to do anything with them other than confide with them, but explore, right? If you've ever had just even like a worm of a thought, even just a worm of a thought of, oh, I, I, I might be into this. Hmm. I wonder. Or like, hmm, this might make me happy in any way whatsoever. Do it. I'm, I'm quoting Shia LaBeouf here. Just do it. Alright, Shia LaBeouf said that, not me. But like, for real. Sure, being a part of a minority is uncomfortable. It is. Because it's hard. Anything that is hard is uncomfortable because we don't like doing it. We don't like put being put under the strain. We don't like having to exercise our minds, our muscles, our humanity. Hell, a lot of us don't even like to exercise our creativity, all right? So look, if you even think that you might like it, do it. You don't have to do it immediately, but don't procrastinate. That is the, that is literally the only regret that I have, all right? Procrastinating. That is the only regret that I have. I moved out of my house to like almost three years ago now. When I moved out of my mom's house almost three years ago now, I was actually planning on leaving Oklahoma because that's where I'm from. I was planning on leaving Oklahoma. I procrastinated for two years and four months because I was scared. I had never gone out of the state by myself before. This would be the first time. I was scared shitless. Pardon my French. But I was scared, alright? Everybody gets scared. Everybody. I don't care who you are. There has been a time in your life, or in, well, yeah, there has been a time in your life, and probably very recently, when you were scared, all right? You don't have to admit it, because everybody knows it. I don't give it, I don't care. I don't give a crap who you are. Everybody. Everybody is scared. 
of something. Now you can act all tough and say, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. Really? Re really? And if I talk to your friend, your friend's not going to tell me that you're afraid of butterflies? Come on. Don't kid yourself. I used to be afraid of the police. I was afraid of the police for a very long time because when I became homeless after I left my mom's house, the police kind of started talking to me on the regular. They would talk to me a lot because I'd be walking around town with bags on my back and I looked extremely young. I looked like I was 12. They thought I was a runaway, but it kept on going even after they had already seen me. They were harassing me. They were harassing me. I don't care what dictionary you look in, that's the definition. They know I'm not, I'm, I, I don't do anything. They think I don't do anything illegal. I used to do drugs. Used to. Right? I've never been charged with drug abuse or, or the, the distribution of drugs. I, I actually never distributed drugs. I just used drugs. But like, the cops seem to have a way of like, hyping things up, you know? So like, <sighs> when things get ugly, get ugly back. That's another thing, all right? When things get ugly, get ugly back. Start fighting life. No, my bad. Start fighting death. Start fighting death. Okay? Depression, anxiety, fear, hatred, death. struggle with a few things like depression, anxiety, PTSD. Now I've never been diagnosed with any of this. And you can you can say what you want about me. I don't care anymore. All right? I don't care anymore. I've been called everything in the book. I don't care. Nothing surprises me anymore. Except for when something good happens. Then I'm surprised. Because nothing good ever seems to happen.
and I know that's sad, and I know that's a pessimistic look at life. No, no, it's not. In my life, that is a realistic look, look at life, okay? Let me give you a background, a, a background like spider web. You know, those, those English spider webs that, you, that we used to do? Yeah. In the middle, there's me, Joanna Smith, okay? Each spider web is an event in my life. The first event, I was born. That's a, that's, that's a, a neutral. I'd say that's a neutral. Put an N above it, right? Yeah, yeah. In the next spider web, in the next line of web, there's the next event. The next event is I was taken from my home, the family that loved me, that took care of me, and my two younger siblings were taken with me. My older brother was allowed to stay with my grandmother, but my two younger siblings and I were taken from that biological family, uprooted, and put into a family where event three happened. Now event two, that's, that's bad. That's bad. Uh, and it's made worse by event, by event three. Event two is uh, uproot, uprooted. I was uprooted, uprooted. Sorry. Event three, in my adopted family, my adopted mom, had 12 kids, 12 kids, all right? She had three of her own and then she adopted nine kids, okay? So here's the deal. One of my older adopted brothers started molesting me and my, and my younger brother while my adopted father was molesting all of my uh, adopted sisters except for the oldest. Now that is, that, that, that's pretty damn bad. Pardon my French again, sorry. That's pretty damn. Dang, that is pretty dang bad. That's pretty bad. Put a little B above that one and a B above event two as well. Event four, I, I kind of grew up in in that in that kind of environment where my siblings and I were all going through that so at age 8 I I didn't understand what was happening because it had been happening since I was 3 years old so I didn't understand that what was happening was bad. I thought it was an everyday thing, you know, because it 
basically happened every day. And my mom went to work and my, and my, and my father was home babysitting. It basically happened every day. So I thought it was an everyday thing. Everybody's parents did that. Everybody's brother did that. So, event four. My family went to, a, to the house of a family friend. And while we were there, I stayed in the same room as one of my best friends on a bunk bed. And right before going to sleep, started bragging about how much my father loved the girls and, and my older brother loved us guys. Started bragging. I'm good. I started bragging about that. Of course, the way I said it threw up red flags for my friend because he could tell right away that it wasn't normal. So he went to his mom and told her. Then his mom went to my mom and told her. My mom asked me like pulled me aside and then asked me if it was true. And I looked at her confused and I said, you didn't know? After that, everything happened quite quickly. Um, my father and brother were uh, arrested, sent to prison. My brother had a lenient sentence because he, uh, he was a minor when he went in, and my father's in there for life. So now my family is fatherless. and we're living without the father figure that we need. So my mom needs, need, sorry. My mother needed to get two jobs just to feed eight kids, nine kids at first and then uh, the oldest kid, the oldest boy in the house moved out. <clears throat> and uh, then there were eight. No, it was eight and then seven. No, I was right. It was nine and then eight. My bad. Hang on a second, let me count. It 
It was eight and then seven. It was eight and then seven because my older brother went to went to prison. I I keep on forgetting about that. Um. Now. My mom had to get two jobs, which caused a lot of stress, you know? And that stress, and the fact that she was gone most of the time, make it, making it impossible for us kids to get all the attention that we need. Um, those elements led to event six. So event five is grew up without a father. That's not good. Now, some would say that that's not bad because the father that was available to choose was not a good father figure. I agree. But at the same time, <clears throat> we didn't have that example growing up. That's what I mean. All right? So, event six is all the stress and all the all the acting up because we weren't getting enough attention all of that led to uh, my mom getting abusive now listen to me when I say this I do not blame my mother for that I blame my adopted father for that I blame my brother for that. I do not blame my mother. My mother had control of her actions. Yes. I completely agree. She can control her actions a lot more than anyone else I probably ever met because she never was abusive in public. <sighs> but all the stress is bound to come out some way. So Now, yes, I do wish that it could have come out a different way, obviously, but at the same time, I understand the need to relieve stress. My mom wasn't a very creative person, so she couldn't necessarily fall back onto creativity. She didn't enjoy creating things. She enjoyed saving lives. She was a nurse. Well, sort of. She worked in dialysis. And she was also a caretaker. Like I said, she had two jobs. So she was a, a, care, a personal caretaker for the elderly. But she was also working in a dialysis center. Please excuse 
just people walking by. As you already know, I, I am homeless, so I can't necessarily afford to, to buy a, uh, a boom mic. So there's going to be some background sound, which is fine. That's, that's fine, because, like, it adds to the character of, of my podcast. Anyway, all the stress led to my mother being abusive. First, it was um, mental abuse. And it got, so, it got so bad that I was always feeling guilty. <clears throat> always. Whether I did something wrong or not, I was always feeling guilty. Like, she would just give me a look, and I would be like, what did I do? What, whatever I did, I'm sorry. Like, that would be my response. And then she would use that against me. Why do you think you did anything wrong? Uh, because you're looking at me. Why does, why does me looking at you make you feel like you did something wrong? I would hesitate, and then she would answer for me. Because you did something wrong. So what did you do? So, like, I would get in trouble a whole lot. A whole lot. For nothing. For nothing. I was framed by one of my siblings for stealing, like, oatmeal cream pies, I think it was. Yeah. Oatmeal cream pies. They put... Somebody put the oatmeal cream pie wrappers under my pillow while I was sleeping. And then, like, I was punished for stealing them. And my mom punished me by tying me to her and having me sleep in her room. And if I had to use the restroom, I had to wake her up because she didn't want me want me uh, wetting the bed in her room. So, like, of course, that was one of the most traumatic events in probably what was, like, probably, it's probably going to be the most traumatic event. No, no, never mind. It's one of the most traumatic events in my entire life, probably. But, like, what's even worse is, like, growing up without a father, my siblings were kind of filling that role in badly, I might add. Like, when something was stolen, my mom would bring all of us into the master bathroom and then say, okay, nobody's leaving until somebody confesses. And then every single one of my siblings would turn on me. Every single one of them. And I would be the prime suspect. I just did the quotation marks with my fingers. The prime suspect. Quote, unquote. for that theft and that was extremely unfair given the fact that like I don't steal from individuals I never have because I understand what it feels like to be stolen from alright my home was stolen from me at three years old 
Alright. My innocence was stolen from me at three years old. I know what it is to be stolen from. I don't steal from individuals. I have stolen before, but never from an individual. I have shoplifted before. It was a long ass time ago. <sighs> of course, um, We were on number six, right? My mom gets abusive. Yeah. So, after a little while, after the, the little while that my mom spent to get over the fact that her uh, husband was a cheater, uh, she got remarried. And my stepdad was an alcoholic cat, uh, an alcoholic and a Catholic thief, which means that like like also he was addicted to gambling, so like he drank wine the same way an alcoholic would drink a beer. All right, so like. By the end of the night, he would be almost as fucked up as a person who was drinking a beer, right? <clears throat> he would go to the go, go to the uh, casino and and nearly spend the entire month's rent, which was sixteen hundred and fifty dollars, and then he would steal from his kids and sell whatever he stole to go gambling again. He stole something of mine that was very personal because it was a gift from one of my brothers who doesn't like me anymore. So I'm not going to get another, another gift from him. <sighs> he stole my gift for my brother, pawned it, and then went and gambled the money away. I will never see that gift again. But um, after that, my mom kind of figured it figured it out and got a divorce again. But that was like, I think maybe year before I left so like like the year after that or maybe two years after that so I I had to we had to transfer from uh, we had to we had to transfer from my the school I went to when I was freshman to the school that I went to when I was a, a, a sophomore. So, 
after we transferred to the school that we that I went to when I was a sophomore, I found out about all of these sexualities and gender identities. I didn't know about any of them before because I was extremely sheltered, extremely sheltered. The only thing I knew about was gay, straight, and people who changed their genders. Didn't know what to call people who changed their genders, so they were just people who changed their genders. That's it. And now, like, being a sophomore in high school, I found out about all these other sexualities and all these other gender identities, and I said, tell me more. Because, like, I understood that I wasn't gay, and I understood that I wasn't straight, and I understood that I could never be somebody who changed my gender, at least not while I was in the house. But I wanted to know what I was. So, after having been told about the LGBT community, I start to figure things out. I start to do research on my own and go into it. All this, all of a sudden, I've got seven LGBT flags. And one of them doesn't exist yet because I made it up. It is a personal identity for me, by me. And like, yeah. So All right, guys, I got 10 minutes. Um after I learned about all these all these different sexualities and, and gender identities, I started to come to the realization that I wasn't straight, I wasn't cis. So, uh I confided in my little brother because we've been together like our entire lives. <clears throat> there wasn't a time in our lives that we weren't like together. So like I confided in my little brother and my little brother immediately went to my mom and outed me. I forgave him immediately because he and I were both raised in, in the same household. So I understood that he didn't know what that meant. He didn't know what it meant to be outed or to out somebody. I forgave him immediately because the only sexuality that I told him about at that time was bisexuality because I'm bisexual. So I, I confided in my little brother. We immediately went to my mom and said, Uh, at this time I wasn't out as transgender so he's bisexual and my mom said no he's not now those words coming out of my mom's mouth hurt a lot because it meant she didn't believe in the person that I identified as so that hurt. Do you know a cross street around here? Uh, 10th and San Antonio. 10th and San Antonio? Yeah. 
Now, um... Yeah, I I started to realize that I that I wasn't straight, I wasn't cis. I started to find myself, really. After all of that, I had a few boyfriends after that because, like, I actually felt comfortable now with expressing the person that I was, even though. Uh, in in spite of the type of response that my mom had, I still wanted to be comfortable with who I actually was. So, I just went for it, and I had a few. I had I had a few partners of all genders, and it was amazing. I felt free. But I was still in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is a very conservative state. So when I became homeless, I started getting death threats. I started getting stolen from. I started getting assaulted. Chased down the street by people yelling, Get the faggot. I no longer felt free. And I was planning on leaving Oklahoma, but I was terrified of what people in other places were going to be like. So I waited and made the excuse that I don't have a ride. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right, yeah, of course. So I waited for two years and four months. Just this past year in April. I met a woman who, like, we got to we got to talking, and like, at some point in the conversation, I was like, I need to leave Oklahoma, and she was like, Yeah, I need to get out of get out of here as well. You coming? And I said, Oh shit, that gets rid of my excuse. Yeah, I'm coming. So this lady drives me all the way from Oklahoma to Dallas. Drops me off because we were parting ways. After she drops me off, I start heading west. And I walk from Dallas to Abilene. When I finally get to Abilene, somebody tells me about UT. And I'm like, where is UT? And they said, UT's in Austin. And I said, where's Austin? And they said, back the way you came in South. And I said, well, crap. I don't want to really, I don't really want to walk all that way again. So, um, I slept there that night to sleep on it, you know? Just to make the deci decision overnight, not rush myself. And the next, the next morning, somebody comes out of Walmart. In, a, in one of those uh, motorized buggies. Comes by, gives me some chilies and a Gatorade. I said, thank you. We got to talking and I said, I'm kind of debating going whether or not I want to go to, go to Austin. 
but I just came from that way and I don't want to walk it again. And this lady says, if you want, you can hitch a ride with me when my family gets here to take me back to Dallas because I just got released from jail. So I was like, you know what? Why not? So this lady takes me back to Dallas. Uh, all the while we're listening to music, showing each other the different types of music that we like. And she just says, as I'm getting out of, out of the car, you're not walking. So she pays for a $55 bus ticket, Greyhound bus ticket down here to Austin, where I'm at right now, and says, um, good luck. I say thank you, and then the next morning I leave for Austin. When I get to Austin, I'm still homeless. Everything's a little bit better, but not by much. So like Austin is definitely not as, uh, not as liberal as they say it is. They want, to, want, they want you to believe that it's very accepting, very liberal, like everybody's accepting of you no matter what. Uh, no, that's not how it is. That's not how it is anywhere. Like, there is not a place on earth where everybody accepts you for everything, okay? So, I know how much everybody wants that place, but it's not here yet, okay? Now we can get there, we have to do it together. About two weeks after I uh, get to Austin, I start doing the protest. And after I start doing the protest, um, I start getting fucked with by the police again. It's, uh, it starts to get a little bit scary, you know, because I'm, because I was, I'm afraid of the police. Why not? Why not be afraid of the police? But then I get brutalized, and then I get arrested. They've already done two of the things that they that that they that two of the only things that they can do to me, and they are not going to going to do the third. The police cannot kill me because I am too stubborn. There's no way they are going to be able to kill me, so I'm not scared of them anymore. I'm not afraid of the, the fucking cops. Because there's nothing else that they can do to me. Other than lock me up. I've already been locked up. So what? That doesn't faze me anymore. Try something else. And now I'm here. Giving you guys. Basically the story of my entire life. Now over the next... Uh, over the, the next episodes, I'll be breaking it down and talking about everything that's happened uh, individually and then what's new, you know? But uh, until then, all I got to say is uh, stay safe, but adventure on. Until next time, Joanna out.